Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, there are travel agents that are revealing the 1% of clients, their most insane demands, from mistress accommodations to bidets and even yurts. Uh, we'll explain all of them, tell you their most interesting stories. In the headlines on the update this Friday, there are more airstrikes that are ravaging parts of the Gaza Strip, leaving it looking like it's a wasteland from space. Meanwhile, Governor Hochul's office says that taxpayers are going to be covering the cost of her most recent visit to wartime Israel. Locally, a judge has reaffirmed his $10,000 fine that he imposed on the former president over an out-of-court comment that he made during his civil business fraud trial. The American Museum of Natural History, they say they're, they're going to be pulling all human remains from public display and will revamp how it maintains its collection of body parts with the aim of eventually repartiating as much as it can and respectfully holding what it can. Bull Harvard and Noah Dobson each had a goal and an assist, and the Islanders, they were able to hold on for a win over the Senators, who lost their defenseman Eric Brandstrom to a scary injury. And nearly 10 years after it was first imagined as an opera, grounded, well, it's now ready to take flight. You see that? That's a fly. This, this is the update. Friday, October the 27th, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, broadcasting across the nation and around the world, this is the update with Brandon Julian, a three time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Friday. TGIF to all of you out there. You know, Mother Nature, for one, seems to be cooperating for a little bit, it seems, because the temperatures today are going to be very, very warm indeed. And tomorrow, oh, your Saturday is going to be even better. But then on Sunday, it's going to be crashing down into reality because temperatures are only going to be in the 60s come Sunday. And then well, it will get progressively progressively cold earth. Next week, our temperatures are not getting out of the 50s, high 50s. That's about as uh, much as we'll get in next week. The countdown to Halloween continues. It is four days away now. And of course, many people are scrambling to the stores, Spirit Halloween and whatnot, to get their candy supplies. I know for me personally, I'm just going to end up getting my candy supply on Tuesday itself. <laughs> You know, I'm going to have to run to the Target after work and just get as much candy as I could possibly scrounge up and just, you know, it's not ideal, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I'm Brandon Julian. Of course, folks, we appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be. And however, of course, personally, uh, that you may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. We're going to begin this Friday's proceedings, of course, with the latest in the war between Israel and Hamas. Uh, there are more airstrikes that have ravaged parts of the Gaza Strip, leaving it looking like a wasteland from space. The bombardment is continuing as the Israeli military says its troops and tanks briefly entered northern Gaza, the third raid since the war began more than two weeks ago. Meanwhile, a Hamas official says the Palestinian militant group needs, quote, 
more intervention from its allies. The Hamas-run health ministry said yesterday that more than 7,000 Palestinians have been killed in the war. The deadly attack has killed more than 1,400 people so far, according to Israeli officials. U.S. and other officials are now fearing the fight it could spill over and become a wider regional conflict. The war is now in day number 20. Meanwhile, back in this country, in the state capital in Albany, uh, Governor Hochul's office says that the taxpayers now are going to be covering the costs to her recent war tri- recent visit to wartime Israel. Uh, the announcement yesterday comes after a nonprofit that was supposed to pick up the tab, but has yet to receive clearance from a state ethics panel. The governor and a handful of staff and state police were in Israel last week. Hochul had sidestepped multiple questions also about who actually funded this trip. As governor, Hochul has no direct role in diplomatic affairs. The governor's office says that the cost of the visit, including airfare and hotels, was around $12,000. Of course, we'll have the latest details, of course, on uh, Monday's edition of the program. Speaking of in this, uh, in the ongoing war, Muslim and Jewish civil rights groups, they say that they've seen large increases of reports of harassment against members of their communities since the war began. Many reports have involved violence or threats against protesters at rallies in support of Israel or in support of Palestinians over the last two weeks. Others reported attacks and harassment that have been directed at random Muslim or Jewish people in public. A spokesperson for the Council on American-Islamic Relations says that the organization, they have received 774 reports of bias-related acts since the 7th. The Anti-Defamation League's Center on Extremism reports that at least 312 uh, anti-Semitic acts were recorded between the 7th and the 23rd. Now, on to some of the other news of this Friday. And the American Museum of Natural History, they say that they're going to be pulling all human remains from public display, and they're going to revamp how much it maintains a collection of body parts with the aim of eventually repartiating as much as it can and respectfully holding what it can't. The museum now holds around 12,000 sets of remains, including the bones of indigenous people and enslaved black people. Uh, Museum President Sean DeKilder says that for the most part, the remains in the collection were acquired without clear consent of the dead or their descendants. The process of pulling human remains from public display will impact six of the museum's galleries. Sam Bankman freed. He got a test run testifying at his criminal trial when a judge sent jurors home but let him demonstrate portions of his testimony beside, before deciding what the jurors are actually going to hear. Uh, Bangman Fried will provide his version today of, his, of how his multi-billion dollar cryptocurrency empire collapsed, uh, causing billions of dollars in losses that the government blames on him. Uh, Bankman Freed, he has pleaded not guilty to illegally diverting billions of dollars from his clients and investors to make some risky investments, buy luxury housing, engage in a star-studded publicity campaign, and make large political and charitable donations. The civil fraud business trial has now reaffirmed the $10,000 fine he imposed on the former president over the out-of-court comment that he made. The development came yesterday uh, after Trump's lawyers urged, uh, urged Judge Arthur Engeron to rethink the penalty. The judge fined Trump uh, on Wednesday after finding that his comments to the TV cameras outside the courtroom violated a gag order that bars participants in this trial from commenting publicly on the judge's staff. Uh, 
Outside of Court Wednesday, the uh, presidential frontrunner on the Republican side complained that Engeron, who is a Democrat, is, quote, a very partisan judge with a person who's very partisan sitting alongside of him, perhaps even much more partisan than he is. Meanwhile, we're going to go out to the West in Buffalo, where a city employee was killed, and two others were wounded when the city pickup truck they were in was struck by gunfire from a passing vehicle. State police say that the shooting occurred in the southbound lanes of I-190, just north of downtown Buffalo, at around 11.20 yesterday morning. No arrests have been made in the case so far, and state police are searching for a dark-colored Jeep Grand Cherokee believed to be involved in the shooting. Mayor Byron Brown says the victims were employees of the Buffalo Sewer Authority and had just finished the job when they were shot as they drove back to the Sewer Authority building. In in other news... (laughs) In other news, we're going to go down the shore and go to Upper Township in Jersey, where a giant smokestack that was part of the landscape for millions of tourists going down to the beaches on the southern Jersey shore came down yesterday. The 463-foot stack at the BL England power plant was imploded to make way for the site's new use as a connection point to the electrical grid for offshore wind power. The plant, which burned coal and oil, closed in 2019. The site in Upper Township will be used to connect a cable from the wind energy company, Orsted, which is building the state's first offshore wind farm about 15 miles off the coast of Ocean City. And finally... Uh, The woman who accused the actor Jonathan Majors of domestic violence was herself arrested by the NYPD for assault on Wednesday night. But the Manhattan DA dropped the criminal charges against her by yesterday morning. The NYPD charges were based on the same episode that led to Majors' arrest earlier this year for allegedly striking his ex-girlfriend Grace Jabari in the backseat of a car. His attorney has maintained that Jabari was the aggressor. But in a recent court filing, Manhattan prosecutors said that they would not bring charges against the woman if police went through with the arrest. An attorney for Jabari said that his client's arrest was, quote, unfortunate and re-traumatizing. Majors' lawyer declined to comment. Time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Friday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Going to talk some sports and how the Islanders got a win over the Senators, but the Senators had a scary injury themselves to deal with. There are travel agents that are revealing the 1% of their clients, their insane demands. You've got to hear this. It's all the way from mistress accommodations to bidets and even yurts. We're going to hear their very strange stories. And then later, we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. In Washington, the Pentagon, they say that U.S. fighter jets launched airstrikes earlier today on two locations in eastern Syria, linked to Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update with Brandon Julian on a Getaway Friday, the last in this month of October in the big town, uh, when we return in just a moment. Brandon Julian. You know, folks, if I were to do something, if I would accidentally combine something, uh, most people would consider it a mistake. But other people actually do these things on purpose. You know what that's called? Criminal intent. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Dad. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? 
Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. From New York, the V stands for value. This is the update with Brandon Julia, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for traffic and weather together. Beginning August 28th through the first half of 2024, F trains will run on the E-line at all times in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hills 71st Avenue. M trains will run between 57th Street on the F line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street, Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza on days and evenings, and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. Beginning June 26th at approximately 6.15 a.m. through the remainder of 2023, seven express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street in both directions because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.90, with the exception of the BX-18A, BX-18B, B60, M116, Q4, Q4 Limited, S46, and S96 Limited, starting September 24th. 
transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S-79 select bus service, pay your fare on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on express buses is $7. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So, um, Islanders and the Senators going at it over at the uh, Coliseum on the island. Uh, Bo Horvat and Noah Dobson, they each had a goal and an assist. And the Islanders were able to hold on for a 3-2 win over the Senators, who lost their defenseman Eric Brandstrom to a very scary injury. Brandstrom was stretchered off the ice after a check along the boards from Cal Clutterbuck at 8.43 in the middle period. The team announced that Brandstrom was was alert. Uh, He had use of his extremities and was taken to a hospital for further evaluation. Uh, Clutterbuck also got a goal for New York. Elias Sorokin made 46 saves, including one in the final seconds, as the Islanders stopped the three-game skid. Uh, Claude Grousseau and Jacob Sustern also scored for Ottawa. They've now lost three in a row. Now, folks, when we return on the update this Friday, uh, travel agents, they are revealing the 1% of their clients. They are insane demands. Everything you could possibly think of, from mistress accommodations to bidets and even yurts. And I personally don't even know what a yurt is. And then get, of course, the latest national news. The latest out of Lewiston in Maine, where the search is still on for Robert Card, the man who fatally who killed 18 people at a bowling alley in a bar. The residents there, shocked and fearful, are keeping to their homes for a second night, as hundreds of police and FBI agents are searching intently for Card. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to inform you about the following. Where has the time gone? I really hope that I didn't write that line. Well, maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, of course, but it's always nice to look back on the past. It helps us grow as people. Plus, you know, you always have those moments where you're like, oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. Well, that's what we have for you on the update every weekend. And in our new series where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this program. I've always said over the years that my producers, they love an excuse to have a party. Every weekend, we're going to go into the update vault and play you some episodes from throughout the many years of this program. And in my new special series, where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this show, once a month, I'll play a select episode from that list. I have a whole list of favorite episodes, and we'll play that for you. It's a big party, of course, and you and your friends are all invited. And if you don't know we're having a big party, you will, after you hear this soundbite, declaring that we are having a big party. So, every weekend, we'll go look out for the update vaults, play some of our episodes from throughout the many years of this show. And, of course, also once a month, look out for the list of my favorite episodes from throughout the years. Keep listening, of course, folks, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget, unless you can't uh, remember that party from, you know, the night before. (laughs) Now, of course, the update of Brandon Julian will be right back after these messages. And uh, isn't this exciting, folks? Wow. Oh, don't laugh. Getting up notice, but some of you didn't. But uh, that actually is pretty darn good. My producers are getting better last year. For a surprise, they left me a 4th of July wiener. I uh, found it on the inside of the couch. 
All right, it is my duty now to send you back to the remainder of this program, so go. Go there now. From New York, only a rental and only $5 a day. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third-generation race car driver, and we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. My Grandpa Lou is the reason why my dad and I started racing, and I'm really proud to follow on his tracks. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. I've learned a lot on this journey with my Grandpa Lou, and the memories of my grandpa will always be with me. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Talking about Alzheimer's can be really tough, but if you notice something, have a conversation with your loved one. Encourage them to see a doctor or offer to go with them. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. The Alzheimer's Association provides care, support, and research to help you take control of the situation with your family and manage the disease together. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Visit alz.org slash time to talk, a message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. You know, every day, folks, in this studio, while I give the news to you, I ponder sometimes the questions of the universe that many people wonder and want answers to. Like, for example, why can't I wear white after Labor Day? I bet you never thought of that one, huh? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Indeed, it is, folks. Hey, welcome back to the Update Brain of Julian on a Friday, everyone. TGIF to all of you out there. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. As we roll along into the final weekend in the month of October for us around here, uh, the weather will finally be cooperating for about half of the weekend. <laughs> for about half the weekend, uh, before things start turning cooler and, dare I say, actually start feeling like fall. You know, the weather that it's uh, what it's supposed to feel like. By the way, next weekend will be the end of daylight saving time uh so you know make sure you um set your clocks backwards yeah it's backwards one hour before you go to bed next saturday night of course daylight savings time ending means that the um sun starts going down at a little after four o'clock these days which is the true sign that winter is not that far on the horizon Honestly, it looks like November's going to go by pretty quickly. It's a couple of weeks, literally the first three weeks or so, and then, boom, Thanksgiving. And then after much after that, we'll be ready for Christmas time. I think I've said it before on the show, my favorite time of the season, still coming up, will be when 106.7 Light FM, they start playing all Christmas music all the time. Now, that's when you know that the season is definitely in full swing. Of course, in the tradition of the season, many people are going to go to their travel agent and uh, get situated on a flight for Thanksgiving or Christmas. But for the people who have the most money out of all of us, I'm talking about the top 1%, uh, the travel agents, they are revealing of the top 1% of their clients, the most insane demands and everything you could possibly think of from mistress accommodations to bidets and even yurts. And like I said before, I don't know what a yurt even is. But for example, when a wealthy client found the feng shui in her hotel suite in the French Alps wanting, uh, Brian Pentec, founder of the travel agency Lux Life Travel, was given an unusual task. Fly in her interior designer and accompanying decor and fix it. 
Not only did this episode of Extreme Makeover Hotel Edition <laughs> cost the client $100,000, Pantek had to get permission from the hotel's GM, who demanded that the suite be returned to its original state at the end of the ski sojourn. Pantek told the New York Post, the people who published this article, uh, the biggest lesson I learned is that basically anything is possible as long as the client is willing to pay for it. Uh, rather than being made obsolete by online booking tech, travel agents instead have become facilitators to some of the most outrageous quests of the super rich. And just like a trusted butler, they know all of their secrets. Uh, Deborah Eisenberg, a Houston-based travel agent, said, quote, I had a company president as a client for many years, uh, a big account, and I booked his book travel for his family for years. He always had me book he and his wife in first class. One day, he called with a new request. He asked me to also book a, book a ticket for a woman who was clearly not his wife. She had a different name, and I'd heard rumors from people in his circle that she was his mistress. Anyway, he wanted her on the same flight, but not in first class. In fact, he had me put her in the last row of coach. Eisenberg adds that not only did the wife and lover share a flight, but they also shared a hotel. She goes on to say that, quote, he had me book the penthouse suite for him and his wife, and I was instructed to put the mistress in the cheapest, lower, lowest floor room possible. Uh, he always, he had me do this several times, uh, always putting his mistress's travel expenses on the company credit card before he was finally caught. Uh, not only are the love lives of the 1% the most complicated, but so are their most mundane moments, according to Jeremy Club, who is the founder of Rainforest Cruises. He said, quote, We recently had the misfortune of planning a South American vacation for one of the world's richest and possibly most pretentious women. It involved 100-plus daily WhatsApp messages for in 19-hour days for three months. Uh, Clubs' client, an Indonesian woman traveling with her family and entourage, was so discerning that it was concerning. Uh, you see that? Because they're right. Club <laughs> had to provide mineral water of a specific pH level and make sure every room where she stayed had a minimum of 12 rugs. Her feet couldn't touch the bare floor. His client also insisted on receiving fresh flowers uh, daily. Furthermore, they had to be dyed to match her outfit. Fortunately, she had her wardrobe planned out in advance. Um, there was just only one problem with her $250,000 trip. The presidential suite at a hotel that she had her sights on was already booked. But even that was more of a speed bump than a roadblock. She simply paid the occupying guests off to stay elsewhere. <laughs> God. Worst of all, Club reckons he only made $25 an hour planning that trip. Um, sometimes, though, it's a matter of money. It's not a matter of money. It's a matter of time. Uh, Casey Holleran once had a client, a royal family member from the Middle East, insist that the hotel he rented out operate on his home time zone, which was... Ten hours ahead for his entire vacation. That meant eating meals at odd times and opening the spa before the crack of dawn, says the founder of Costa, Rica, Costa Rican Luxury Vacations. Quote, initially, initially there were grumblings, but this fellow is a legendary tipper, so I think the attitudes changed quickly. His client, who he describes as, quote, a dream, since he had no budget, even managed to get the shops in town to open after hours so his wife could shop at her convenience. According to Halloran, as long as the client isn't unpleasant while they're making these tyrannical requests, and they're willing to pay for them, it's not obnoxious. He does have a pet peeve, though. Uh, the worst is the old, do you know who I am, treatment. Um... Like, for example, Tim Roney is all too familiar with the treatment. 
His company, Lacour Villas, regularly books villas for celebrities, heads of states, and executives. But it's not always a glamorous affair. Says Roni, quote, We have a staffer who's permanently scarred psychologically from the ordeal we went through trying to install bidets in a villa for a Saudi royal family in Paris last summer. He'll also never forget the Portugal vacation he planned for a well-known celebrity. Roni recalled, saying that we were required to arrange four humidifiers in the master bedroom, running 24 hours a day. But that's not the wildest part. The A-lister also wanted to go dog sledding, an activity the Portugal is not exactly known for. And during their absurd excursion, they wanted to, quote, accidentally stumble upon a yurt. Uh, despite how bizarre their ideal day was, Roni and his team, they made it happen. He says that we even added a chandelier to the yurt to make it more luxurious. Still, um, drumming up sled dogs in yurts in Portugal is actually child's play. Uh, compared to negotiating with Amazonian tribes and trying to train a parrot to deliver a diamond ring. That's two tasks that travel planner Kristen Thomas had to check off, our, check off her list in March of last year. Her clients, a wealthy couple from here in New York, wanted to rekindle their romance in a remote part of the jungle in Brazil. Their budget, $150,000. Uh, Thomas, who's the founder of Travel Wander Grow, said, quote, Coordinating with local tribes was a crucial element of the plan. We collaborated with an experienced liaison who was fluent in the tribal language to uh, effectively communicate our intentions and obtain their consent. Of course, she also had to be cognizant of killer snakes, spiders, and jaguars, the cats, not the car company. <laughs> and in the end, nobody lost any limbs. In fact, with the help of that said parrot, the couple even got engaged. So, I guess this is a rare example of the 1%. They're just like us in asking for very weird things. Um, I don't have a transition for this, so we're just going to move on. <laughs> Nearly 10 years after it was first imagined as an opera, Grounded is now ready to take flight. You get that? That's a flight reference. <laughs> We're going to talk about this and more because national news. It's next for us around here, of course, uh, when the update Brandon Julian continues. Brandon Julian. I don't know, folks, if you've had this same thought as me, if you've ever graduated high school. But have you ever scrolled on your social media and you see the announcements of the people that you went to school with and you hear those pregnancy announcements and you look at them, the person, and you're like, they got pregnant? Like, no. <laughs> this, is, this isn't right. I can't possibly be. And that's not to be mean in any sense of the word, but really, there are people you come across, you just look at them, and you're like, how? How could that possibly have happened to them? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why he's talking like this. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Dad. Your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad. Your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey. Why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. 
Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. From New York, a magical place not found on any map. This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Friday, everyone. A getaway Friday for some of us, most importantly, a Friday for others. Um, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. Uh, let us talk together right now, of course, on the latest national news. And we're going to begin in Washington, of course. With the Pentagon, they say that U.S. fighter jets launched airstrikes earlier today on two locations systems in eastern Syria linked to Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps. The strikes come in retaliation for a slew of drone and missile attacks against U.S. bases and personnel in the region that began early last week. They reflect the Biden administration's determination to maintain the delicate balance. The U.S. wants to hit Iranian-backed groups suspected of targeting the U.S. as strongly as possible to deter future aggression, while also not work- also working to avoid provoking a wider conflict. The U.S. doesn't have any information just yet on casualties or an assessment of damages uh, from the strikes. In other news, we're going to go up to Lewiston in Maine, the latest, of course, on the the hunt for Robert Card, the man who's suspected of killing 18 people there. And the shocked and fearful residents are keeping to their homes for a second night as hundreds of police and FBI agents are continuing the search for Card. The U.S. Army Reservist, the authorities say, fatally shot 18 people at a bowling alley and a bar. The attack in Lewiston on Wednesday was the worst mass killing in U.S. in state history. Yesterday, heavily armed police, they surrounded a home in rural Baldwin as they searched for Card, but left hours after searching the residence. Three of the wounded remain in critical condition. Meanwhile, schools and businesses are closed, and people sheltered in their homes and communities as far as 50 miles away from Lewiston. In nearby Portland, Maine, uh, barely four years before the gunman's deadly rampage there, the governor of the state, they signed a law to prevent mass shootings. It was called a yellow flag law. It's different from the red flag laws designed to seize guns from people viewed as threats. The law and permissive gun measures in Maine are coming now under greater scrutiny in the aftermath of the massacre that authorities say was carried out by a man committed to a mental health facility who had reported hearing voices and threatened to shoot up a military base. Anti-gun violence groups have pushed for stronger laws but have failed in a state protective of gun rights. But they are vowing to try again. And as we've been reporting, the, we have a new Speaker of the House in Mike Johnson, but uh, we're uncovering some new facts about him seemingly every day. Like the new Speaker of the House had a role, a key role actually, in trying to overturn Joe Biden's 2020 presidential election win. Uh, Mike Johnson of Louisiana had spearheaded a legal brief in support of an unsuccessful lawsuit trying to overturn President Trump's loss. Johnson repeated baseless conspiracy theories about the election and voted against certifying its outcome after the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Johnson's role is now significant because he's now the second in line of presidential succession after the vice president. And the House in January of 2025 is going to have a key role again in certifying the winner of next year's presidential election, of course. 
There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update Brandon Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe, and it's the best way to protect that legacy. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay, smart. Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Friday, everyone. A getaway Friday for some of us, most definitely, of course, a Friday for others. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, we are talking together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going we're gonna to go down to Acapulco, down in Mexico, and talk about the weather, which we only address, of course, when the weather is bad, and it definitely is down there. The survivors of that Category 5 storm that killed at least 27 people as it devastated the resort city of Acapulco are now searching for acquaintances and necessities and hoping that aid will come quickly in the wake of Hurricane Otis. The Pacific storm strengthened with shocking swiftness before slamming into the coast early on Wednesday. The Mexican government, they've deployed around 10,000 troops to deal with the aftermath. But equipment to move the tons of mud and the fallen trees from the streets has now been slower in arriving. Resentment is also growing in the impoverished neighborhoods, as residents are worrying that government attention will focus on repairing infrastructure for the city's economic engine of tourism, rather than helping the neediest people. In other news, we're going to go back to this country and go to Detroit, the Motor City in Michigan. For the United Auto Workers Union, they say that they've reached a tentative contract agreement with Ford that could be a breakthrough to ending the nearly six-week-old strikes against the Detroit automakers. The four-year deal still has to be approved by 57,000 union members at the company. Uh, it could bring to a close uh, the union's a series of strikes at targeted factories run by Ford, GM, and the Jeep maker Stellantis. The Ford deal could set the pattern for agreements with the other two automakers, though no other agreements were announced as of Wednesday. Down in Atlanta, a federal judge there says that some of the state's congressional, state senate, and state house districts are racially discriminatory, ordering the state to draw an additional black majority congressional district. U.S. District Judge Steve Jones yesterday also ordered the state to draw two new black majority state senate districts and five new black majority state house districts. Uh, Jones ordered the state to redraw the maps before December 8th. Governor Brian Kemp, though, is responding by setting a special session for November 29th. One of Georgia's 14 congressional seats could shift from Republican to Democratic control. The Georgia case is part of a wave of litigation after the Supreme Court earlier this year stood behind its interpretation of the Voting Rights Act. And finally, we're going to go back to Washington. We're nearly 10 years after it was first imagined as an opera, Grounded is now ready to take flight. With music by Janine Tesori and a liberato adapted by George Brand from his own play Grounded, uh, Grounded, I should say, tells the story of an F-16 fighter pilot who becomes pregnant and leaves the service. After re-enlisting, she is assigned to direct unmanned drone attacks on terrorists thousands of miles away. 
Gradually, her personality fractures until she can no longer separate her private from professional life. The show, which uh, includes massive LED panels that mimic radar displays and other images, debuts at the Washington National Opera on Saturday. That's tomorrow. Uh, It will be staged by the Metropolitan Opera next year. Should be interesting to see. I'm going to let you guys ponder on this as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite. That's the way it is. Friday, October the 27th, 2023. That is the update on this Thursday. On this Thursday, God. (laughs) On this Friday. And for this week, I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. All right. All right, folks. We're just about there. Start the car, dear. These happy people... Well, everyone's listening are happy people. These happy people are going to be saying, who writes your jokes, Brandon, as we prepare, continue to prepare, for the next episode in my favorite episode list, which is episode number one of this program, all those years ago, back in 2017. It's literally just a dog belch away in November. So until I riff or rough my way onto this stage once again in the studio, in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck, be safe, and most importantly, folks, please be well. And honey, uh, uh, honey, your old boyfriend called two years ago. I forgot to tell you about it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for spending some of your time with us. I hope you have a good weekend. You get the rest of your Halloween stuff that you need to decorate and whatnot. (laughs) And I'll see you right back here refreshed, ready to go as we end the month of October and we start a new month in the month of November. See you then.